2: Are listening to Linux in the Shack. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD.
1: Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 458 of the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet. This is Linux in the Ham Shack and this is our short topics episode so thank you for being here. Welcome, come on in. And before we get down to our topics, we'll go ahead and introduce ourselves. I'm Russ K5TUX.
0: I'm Cheryl W5MO.
3: And I'm Bill N4RD.
1: All right, so let's not hesitate. Let's get right into it. And uh, our first topic in amateur radio this time is good news for a change. You don't have to worry about all the the bad things that are happening in the world because good things are happening on the sun. So, Bill, what's happening?
3: Yeah, this is all about solar cycle. 25 activity is on the rise, which is a very, very good sign. For those of you playing the Watch the Solar Cycle Come Alive game from home, the news is looking good. Average daily sunspot numbers are in the 90s, and we've had zero spotless days this year, which is great. We're also in the midst of a rather large flare as we record this, uh, which is generally bad for satellites. So if the Internet goes out, you know we know why.
2: <laughs>
3: but uh, but uh, for Aurora propagation, uh, it's good. It's very good. Um, so, yeah. Uh, This is, uh, of course, from uh, a geomagnetic storm watch that we're in right now, Category G2. It's a CME. It's expected to hit the Earth's magnetic field later today, March 13th, as we record this. And there's like an 80% chance that Aurora will continue throughout tomorrow. So this will be relevant when this podcast comes live, hopefully. (laughs) But anyway, be on the lookout for for those kind of uh, informational warnings and stuff like that. And I just wanted to highlight uh, that there are a ton of resources available to track the solar activity uh, with the solar cycle and its interaction with amateur radio. Uh, Places like spaceweather.com, the K7RA solar update that's posted on the ARRL's uh, news site and their newsletter, uh, the NASA's blog on current solar cycle, and, of course, the space weather woman, Dr. Tamitha Scove. And you can find links to all of those resources in the show notes.
1: All right, very good. I have noticed at least on my radio 10 meters has been wide open lately, which is kind of awesome. That's that's a good sign.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> yep, I'm getting contact
1: all over the world on 10 meters. So so all, all those people in the 1010 10 group and everything, they're all they're all real happy right now.
3: Yeah, so 910012 So we're only 4 years into the 11 year cycle, so uh, we're still not at what would be considered the peak
1: well good hit by the by the peak of the cycle we'll probably be able to hear 10 meters on our microwave
3: <laughs> well yeah i mean you know it's amazing uh the last peak was pretty well it was it was down but i mean it was still good because i remember i at the, that time i was testing uh 10 meter antennas uh when i first moved to uh montana and uh i worked uh i worked to australia from the backyard on a little makeshift H frame antenna that I I built (laughs) with 10 watts. (laughs) So, so yeah, good times are coming and uh, just, uh, you know, keep on playing with the radio. If you're, if you're not working them now, you might be able to work them later.
1: Yeah, very good. All right. So moving on in our amateur radio topics, we have AMSAT Discord server now open to all. AMSAT is pleased to announce the availability of a Discord server for the amateur satellite community. And for all those people who hate Discord, you know, it's, exploding or has exploded. And we can find out that Discord started like ten years ago and no one used it. And now, now it's like or it was for like gamers only. And now it's just everybody. But it's kind of cool too. It it does lots of stuff. Oh and Bill, I figured out my problem with video on Windows. Remember remember we were having that issue with Discord? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I solved that. So <laughs> what, what, what was it? There's a specific thing inside of OBS, where you have to have the 1080p base palette. Oh, the base resolution. Yeah.
3: And you didn't have those matching, or they were
1: in a bad way. They were in a
3: bad way. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we just derailed this story. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. It
1: just occurred to me because I fixed it yesterday. So.
3: (laughs) Awesome. That's great news.
1: All right. So anyway. Discord is a text, voice, and video client that has become very popular in recent years. And people who listen to this show probably already know that and hopefully are on ours. And if they aren't, you should get on. Discord will provide the amateur satellite community with an additional option to communicate amongst each other in real time. Discord provides several neat features, including the ability to create channels, organize conversation topics, hosting of events, including voice and video chat. Uh, you can have s- satellite launch parties, use of bots to automate useful actions, for example, getting TLE data from specific satellites, and more commands are in development. Notification of Twitter posts is also over there, and uh, it follows the at AMSAT Twitter account. So you can get all your AMSAT news on the Discord server. A special, uh, blah, blah, blah. A special <laughs> section of the server is reserved for AMSAT members. If you are a current member, please send a message to the hashtag request dash roles channel once you're octothorpe i guess i shouldn't use hashtag twitter will come and smack me uh (laughs) once you join the server indicating whether you are a member or life member once the member role is granted you'll be able to post in the members only category and this story of course came from amsat direct and there's a discord invite link and information about this story in the show notes so check it out i guess i'll Pop over to the AMSAT Discord while uh, the rest of the show is going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, let's let's see if I can talk slow enough to get Cheryl to stop whatever she's doing to get back to focus on the Etherpad. So, oh, uh, I think I think I hear her.
0: you. Do <laughs> okay.
1: Well, we'll have you read this story. This is a pretty short and straightforward one. So, we're going to switch over to open source topics, and this first one, we'll have Cheryl give you the rundown.
0: All right, so the next story we've got is Linux 5.18 plans to switch from C89 to C11 GNU 11 C version. And the story reads, when Linus Torvalds gets motivated and behind kernel changes, they tend to happen more quickly. With the latest example being the switching from the C89 language standard to C11, otherwise known as GNU 11. That change is now expected early on for the Linux 5.18 merge window. Recently, there were discussions uh, over moving from C89 to C11. To this point, C programming for the kernel has been limited to the old C89 standard, while now the target is being bumped up to a much more modern C11. With Linux 5.15 having already bumped the GCC compiler version requirement to GCC 5.1, they can safely move to begin allowing C11 GNU 11 language features without imposing any new compiler requirements. Following the quick revisions to the patch set for bumping the dash std equals GNU 89 to dash std equals GNU 11 targeting for building the Linux kernel, Linus Torvalds noted he'd like to pull this into the next large or next merge window early on in case other pull requests ends up making use of CLF functionality, etc. And this came from Theronics.
1: Shame on you, Bill. I thought you didn't like stories from Ferronics.
0: <laughs> some of
3: the stories yeah they were pretty bad uh but no this one was good i mean i saw this one blasted in several locations so i mean i could have picked another one but this is the first one i clicked on when i saw this topic and uh yeah it's it's a good that that's good that you know we're moving forward on the standards it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of interesting and in telling uh the the gnu standard version there go ahead and do a, a little googling uh research on <laughs> <laughs> on what uh what level of c features uh and what year that was <laughs> for GNU eighty nine <laughs> <So laughs> but anyway yeah we're it's not the only uh piece of software uh, uh plagued by old versions of uh, uh of a compiler or language being used uh yeah we, we deal with all the time with banking transactions and everything else on a daily basis using uh, the good old fun stuff of COBOL and
1: FORTRAN and <laughs> a bunch of other stuff. RPG. Uh,
3: Long in the tooth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. Absolutely. It's still out there, and developers who, who still know those languages are making a mint right now.
3: So Yeah. Well, you know, it works, so it's hard to get rid of something that's so embedded in, and works.
1: Absolutely. All right, so moving on, we have now Afraid of the Big Bad Linux Desktop. And, uh, Bill, did this come from you talking with Connor about, or us talking with Connor about Zorin or something like well, that? Well, Connor
3: did mention Zorin, so I, I saw this article pop up, and I'm like, oh, I'll go ahead and include it.
1: All right, well, I'll go ahead and read it. Zorin 16.1 has arrived, marking the first major update of the Linux distribution since August's release. Unashamedly unashamedly user-friendly. <laughs> should should you be ashamed of User-friendliness? I'm not sure.
3: (laughs) Well, maybe in the steps in which they get to that point.
1: (laughs) Okay. With an interface unlikely to scare off Windows or Mac users, the most eye-catching element of the update is LibreOffice 7.3, replete with better Microsoft Office compatibility, improved performance, and tweaks for dark mode fans. Yes, I love the dark mode. I have gone to the dark side. Based on Ubuntu 20.04 LTS, the distribution also has improved hardware support. Handy for those with pockets deep enough for an NVIDIA RTX 3050 or Apple Magic Mouse 2. What the hell is a Magic Mouse 2?
3: <laughs> I don't know.
1: I don't either. 12th generation Intel core chips are also on the list, as well as a range of printers and that. That's bet- no. B. 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 Noir. I don't know how to pronounce sure. that. I'm, I don't do French. <laughs> uh, of the <laughs> Linux world, audio hardware. In it being Ubuntu, the 5.13 Linux kernel is lurking under the hood. It's undoubtedly a nice thing to look at, certainly for users making their first tentative steps away from the worlds of Apple and Microsoft. Although, as with our look at Zorin 16 last year, you will need to pay up if you want access to desktop interfaces styled on Windows and Mac OS, and what Zorin calls a professional-grade suite of apps, advanced productivity software, and access to installation support. Zorin Core or Lite are both free and should work on most 64 bit x86 Intel or AMD based PCs. Take note, Microsoft. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, While the Pro version with all its fripperies will sit. Oh, this came from the register, of course. Uh, Will set you back $39. The Core and Pro editions use the GNOME shell for their desktop environments, while the Lite edition uses XFCE. Support runs to April 2025. Because that's how the Ubuntu thing works, and, as I just said, that came from the register, which explains all the Britishisms
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: we love that, don't we? Yes yeah, so yeah, so Connor mentioned that from linux lads uh that it is a uh it's a project uh that's in Dublin, Ireland. I believe it's actually ran by a couple of Irish Ukrainians <laughs> if there is such a thing um but, uh, yeah, you can find that on their website. And I think some of the money is going to uh, for purchases or whatever licenses goes towards uh, some nonprofit thingy. So you can check that out if you want to. But basically, in order to get the uh, the fancy Windows 11 skins and themes and stuff like that and the fancier Windows and Mac themes, you, you do have to buy the pro version. So that's sort of where it gets you all those uh eye-catching elements of the uh, (laughs) of the uh, distribution
1: so to make it look like windows or to make it feel more like windows and mac os you have to pay charge you for it. yeah Yeah, so so, that makes sense right right exactly that's that's like it's like taking it to the next level it's double it it makes you feel like it because it looks like it and because you have to pay for it so yep yeah
3: you're, you're putting some skin
1: in the game to get a skin (laughs) (laughs) sure we'll go with that all right very good but sparky linux is the next topic we're going to talk about distros today uh so we're moving into linux in the ham shack i guess i guess i don't know do we even need these subjects (laughs) (laughs) we might have to revisit that (laughs) we we may have to at some point but we're really
3: not a great news show but hey (laughs) we do like talking about topics that at least somewhat interest us <laughs> that we can either make fun of or or do something like that but uh, absolutely but yes but now we're into the shack portion of the thing where we take all the goodness of linux and we shove it in the ham shack so <laughs> and uh, i decided to take a, a a distribution for a a quick spin actually i took two distributions for a spin um but the one i'm going to mention uh, this time around is sparky linux and uh, we have talked about sparky in the past it's a debian based uh, um distribution uh this one is the rolling edition so this one actually sits atop the testing branch of debian which is a uh, uh, bookworm or something like that
1: I worm remember. i believe um, is testing yes cuz yeah. cuz unstable bookworm. is always sid and yeah i think it's like buster is stable and bookworm is Yes, is that testing. sounds right. Yes,
3: Yeah, so this sits on top of Bookworm, and uh, I figured, hey, why not? I downloaded the Mate edition. And uh, so let's just see here. A Sparky is fast, lightweight, and fully customizable OS, which offers a few versions for different users and different tasks, such as Sparky's a rolling testing flavor, which is what I'm using. It's targeted for more advanced users, and uh, who, who's who's don't afraid. That's how I love this that'll be, that'll be <laughs> Who's right. don't? Who's don't afraid have a little less stable version of applications and want to work with or on the latest versions of offered of offered the software wow uh, they could probably use some edits on the website <laughs> this is horrible anyway uh, well the distribution was not horrible when I uh, I downloaded and tried it out um, it uh, installed pretty quickly like any uh, Debian OS installs um, standard installer uh yeah so uh i get presented with a nice uh, mate desktop i d- didn't really like the theme too much but you can fix all that and make it look even prettier it doesn't come with like the things that like ubuntu mate comes with which i think is probably the more full and complete version of mate which sort of makes sense because that's sort of where it originates from most likely yeah i think it is <laughs> i'll just i'll just assume that it's sure. Um, yeah, cause it's just more complete, uh, from there, but from that aspect. But anyway, um, yeah, it ran really great and I did the, the CQR log test on it, which basically is just doing an apt install CQR log and see if it actually installs a version that works and a version with MariaDB. And, uh, it did. So MariaDB was already set up and working in that, so that worked out really well. When I uh, double clicked it to launch it, it actually created the databases, which is a good thing because we made that whole video where three distributions failed <laughs> to create the database for uh, starting CQR log from scratch. So that was really cool. I did uh, I installed WSJTX uh, did just by doing apt-get. I installed WSJTX and lo and behold, it installed 2.5.4, which happens to be the latest general availability release. I also installed JSA Call, a couple other things, FL Digi, Rig, all pretty late versions and current. I did not do the Ham Radio Pure Blend only because I just wanted to see what these individual packages came in as first. And uh, so I never got to the Pure Blend uh, install, uh, but I'll probably do that eventually. But for right now, just with the existence of everything that's working very well and it runs very snappy, uh, yeah, this has got an LHS readiness score of four point nine, and it's only because things can't be perfect. <laughs> There's got to be something wrong in there. I just haven't found it yet. Um, but yeah, you would uh, if you if you don't mind laying on top of the uh, the testing distribution of Debian, which means you might run into package instability at some point. Uh, or possibly incompatibility at some point along the way, just because it happens, you know, like, oh, this will release before that, and, you know, that's not taken into account in their CI builds, whatever. You know, your mileage may vary, but I think you would probably be pretty happy the fact that you don't have to go out and download the latest devs from everywhere and then put them on your machine and stuff like that. Uh, the only thing I didn't try besides doing the Pure blend thing, I didn't mess around with the, any of the SDR apps to see if they were easily installed. Um but I'm I'm certain that you can probably get those on there pretty quick and easy, but yeah, Sparky Linux. This is uh, this is pretty good. I I I don't mind it so much. And you know, being Debian, it's it's very familiar. So uh, if you're an Ubuntu user, this would be a a definite step up into something probably more reliable in the long run than uh, like the dot ten release of uh, Ubuntu. You know, the six month rolling releases that they have. This this tends to stay around a lot longer. Uh, the testing build. So. Yeah, Sparky Linux, check it out.
1: I may have to actually do that. That's kind of cool. And uh, I don't know how many distributions you've tested against CQR log, but I know the number of them that actually work out of the box is very low. So, um, <laughs> mm.
3: yeah, I just did Endeavor too. I did I did a full install of Endeavor OS just to kind of see because I, I was making fun of Arch in another channel, and they were calling me out on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, well, you know, Manjaro is blah, 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 and Garuda is blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, okay, fine, I'll try Endeavor. And, uh, I mean, it actually installed uh, um, CQR log out of the uh, AUR, which all the other ones do too, and uh, it just worked. It just um, it, it did the database right, it created it. Um, in fact, because the AUR pulls in the latest, uh, you know, other... Stuff that normally when you launch CQR log, it says, hey, you need to update your DXCC information, all that stuff. That stuff was already updated. So it was just one more step ahead. So good news for that. I don't know. I haven't retried installing it on a scratch install of Garuda, Manjaro, or one of the other Arch distributions. But, hey, I'm going to get another chance to try it on Fedora 36, which is coming around the corner here pretty quick, too.
1: All right. Very cool. Another feather in the cap for Arch, apparently, with Endeavor. So, <laughs> I might have to try yeah. try some more of this arch thing that people are that all that all the kids are doing these days. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I I just had one brief sort of flash topic because I have really not investigated this very much at all because I only heard about it yesterday. I feel like it's something that I heard about maybe in the distant past and forgot about. But I was watching a YouTube live stream and there was a segment where. The host brought up a project called Hamshack Hotline, and what this is is a PBX system that, you know, it leverages free PBXs like Asterisk and free PBX and stuff like that, and creates a network that's only for amateur radio operators. And I did see something in the description or the wiki or something that also talked about RF bridges involved in this, uh, as well as the regular network links. So it sounded interesting. And because I've been sort of out of the sip in Eek's uh, PBX game for a while, like I haven't really done anything with my own asterisk servers or anything in quite a while, I, do run ham, I do run ham <clears throat> VoIP, which is, uh, based on asterisk as well, but I did everything with that, just reading the docs and not really trying to understand what what's going on under the hood. So, um. I'm doing this because I want to try it out. And there's a lot of steps to get, get in, uh, installed and activated with all this. But hamshackhotline.com is the place where you can find out about it. Um, I have I downloaded the Sangoma OS, which is what FreePBX is based on. It's uh, CentOS 7.8. So it is definitely Linux under the hood. And then, of course, you got to get linked into the system and everything. So I'm working on all that. I haven't got too far with it yet. I'm going to be playing more with it today, but this will probably be a, be a topic we revisit at some point. And it looks kind of interesting. And if nothing else, it'll uh, get me back into the asterisk and PBX game so I can sort of remember all the things I've forgotten. And it's uh, ham radio related, so <laughs> uh, it sounds pretty cool. And it, it works with uh, soft phones and hard phones and things like that. You can, you can actually get into it if you have a cisco hard phone um they they prefer the ciscos for some reason they they have experimental systems if you want to try something else it doesn't require you setting up a full-blown pbx but i'm going to do the the whole thing so i can use whatever uh client i want to because i'll have the pbx link with a trunk uh so so that's the direction i'm going but there's there's really good documentation out there and if you want to find out what's what's going on with this check out hamshack dot com and like I said, this topic will come up again in the future, but uh, I really have not in the past twenty four hours been into been able to dive into it that hard, but uh, I will be working with it more so it sounds kind of interesting we'll see where it goes yeah, I think we
3: talked about it just briefly or it came up as a topic when um, we were looking at the Arden stuff and the the ham radio mesh network stuff, so I think this is kind of Kind of all in that stack of it, that useful tools in the, in the ham radio mesh networking.
1: Yeah. I, I feel like I'd, we had touched on it before, but only in a very cursory way. And i was still sort of doing that. But I'm definitely going to get much deeper into this. And it may even become a deep dive. We'll see how far I get with it. Cool. All right. Well, that actually takes us down to the end of the stories for today. So we'll bring Cheryl on here to do the social media roundup for us.
0: Okay, so for our Patreons, we have Reginald Addo, William Large, Steve Anna's, Andy Cowley, Gary Tibbetts, David Scarfe, David Slaughter, Jim Lawson, Patrick Eng, Douglas Shock, Eric Guth, Brandon Rozek, Michael Burdak, John Spriggs, Robert Lewis, Robert Pitts, David Jakeway, Cubicle Nate, Samuel Vimes, Peter Caffrey. Don Rhodes, Paul Griffith, Jonas Rullo, Donald Gover, Herb Garcia, Steve Metcalf, William Heckelman, Randolph Smith, and Andy Webster. For our subscriptions, we have Vincent Martin, Paul Mooney, Craig chryson Chris DeLuca, Eric Muller, Carl Bacchus, Isaac Gear, Thomas Foy, Michael burdak Kevin Ivey, Tony Coberly, Ronald Ikey, Johnny Kinsey, Fred Cole, Bill Piotr, Robert Halliday, Wayne Hill, John Clark, Steve Hepler, Michael Jobling, Howard Dittmer, Todd Bowers, Michael Carey, A. Taylor, Dylan Engel, Jim McKenzie, Bill Collins, Robert Black, Darren King, Randolph Smith, Robert Yerke, Steve Yella, Alan Wilson, Mark Farrell, and Jeff Zimmerman. On Facebook, Don Mix. On Twitter, at underscore N4MDP, at VResi, at PestBlanket, and at PSZaboPCS. On YouTube, Larry Johnson, Andy Cowley, Constantos Zardo, Yazarta Lotus, that's not right, I know, and Sandy McTaggart, on Discord, KI7THS, Max, Tom5674, Scott, N4JN, Jason FPV, and Hybron4012. Uh, nobody joined us on the mailing list, and there is no merchandise sales.
1: Well, Hyperion4012, but... What'd I say? Hybron something something like that.
0: Okay, that's not what I said, but yeah, I uh, saw well, it. We have it on
1: the recording, we can roll it back for you. <laughs> are, well, not,
0: whatever. So Okay,
1: not a big deal. Uh and the I think the the one uh the Constantino Zardolaudis, I actually had to translate that using Google Translate from the Greek. <laughs> so
0: So it's probably wrong anyway. It's so, probably wrong too, yeah. yeah.
1: If you post your name in Greek on, on your YouTube channel, uh, we have to we have to go with what we get because none of us speak Greek. All right. Well, that actually brings us down to the end of the program today. So we want to thank everybody who was here listening to us live. We had Steve k 7 HBT, Steve KJ5T, and Tony K4XSS, who were part of the program on this Sunday afternoon, the first Sunday of Daylight Savings Time here in the Central Time Zone. So uh want to thank everybody who listened, who participated in the show and everybody who downloads and everybody who supports us financially and helps keep the lights on. We really appreciate all of you. And uh thanks for being listeners and being participants in Linux in the Ham because honestly if it weren't for any of you, we just wouldn't do this, but uh we hope you uh had a good time here. We hope you join us for the next one and we hope you got a little bit out of this. And in the meantime, have a great week. This has been episode number 458 of Linux in the HamShack. I'm Russ a 5 tux
0: I'm Cheryl W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73.
2: Thank you for listening to this episode of Linux in the HamShack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info. You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page at patreon.com stroke lhspodcast or by using the contribute list on the homepage. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at one 909 lhs Show. That's one nine oh nine five four seven seven four six nine. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show themed merchandise. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism.